We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Surprise, you know, like being with the, with the, um, with the Western Conference teams and understanding how difficult it is to win every game in this league, and especially in the West, and how what level of game that you, know, and that you have to play and perform to, to win, in a row, especially in the road. So we knew that it's not a surprise, but we have to. We can talk basketball. We have to play basketball. We have to come ready, prepared, and execute. We have to play hard. We have to execute a game plan. We have to come with a sense of urgency, which wasn't case tonight. You know, James Naismith once said, "They see me Euro spitting on these haters like a rondo." Sam Cooper, how are you doing? These get worse every time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you expected I'm, them I'm to get gonna, better? I'm not going to stop you, Mike. I'm doing pretty well. Uh, <laughs> last night sucked. Last night really sucked. Yeah, it but did. There's still some, some interesting stuff to talk about, so uh, looking forward to it. Speaking of interesting stuff, we have the king of Suns Twitter himself, a Devin Booker stan, an ambassador for Suns fans all over the world, Chris Hansen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Of course. We're really excited to have you. I've been following you on Twitter with my uh, my official account that everyone knows about. I've been following you for a while, but <laughs> I did have another account previously that I deleted uh, because Nate Duncan blocked me, and I, I figured if I started a podcast, I probably shouldn't have one blocked by Nate Duncan. Oh. So I started a new account. Um, speaking of blocked, let's talk about something that we should <laughs> probably get out of the way <laughs> right away. Chris, yeah. let's start. Let me let me just give a little bit of background here. We booked Chris on the podcast before anything happened on uh, Chris's Twitter account, but Chris is a really great Suns fan. Every 
Suns fan on Twitter should follow Chris if they don't already. He adds to the game. He he has a lot of hilarious takes, and he says a lot of really fun things about the players. He's very clearly a Suns fan, too. I think that's important to say. And I believe it was yesterday, uh, the actual official Suns Twitter account blocked you. Is that right? That is right. I was... Um... We had interacted actually on Thursday and um, I tweeted something funny about like I was at Subway getting lunch at work and Fight Song by Rachel Patton was playing on the radio at Subway. And so I just tweeted, oh, would anybody watch a mixtape of Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton highlights from Wednesday night, you know, against the Mavericks, um, to Fight Song? Like if I made that, would anybody watch it? And then the Suns responded, yes. And it was like, oh, that's very fun. The Suns, like, they're really great on social media. And um, I made the video. It was funny. They responded to it. They liked it. And then on Friday, they started unfollowing a lot of people. Um, and then they deleted all the replies to my interaction with them. They deleted, like, their responses to me. Um, and I thought that that was, like, kind of weird. Uh, but I assumed that they were just, like, purging who they followed. Um, which made sense. And then the next day I'm taking, I like had cleaned all day. I had a very productive Sunday looking forward to the Denver Nuggets game for some reason. Um, <laughs> I was taking a shit and then I looked at my phone. I'm just being very honest. I, that's exactly what happened. And then I looked at my phone and I was ready to see if Jamal Crawford or whoever, you know, is DeAndre Ayton upgraded from probable. And then I click and then it says you are blocked from following the Phoenix Suns. And I'm like, what? And my first reaction, I just screenshotted it and then just tweeted, wait, what? Like, that was my only tweet. I, I was, I'm very dumbfounded. I'm still, at first it was funny and then now I'm kind of mad, to be honest. But um, yeah, very weird. It is really weird. Now I understand. So I also saw from other Suns fans on Twitter that they, unfollowed some other accounts that were just fans. Now that part actually makes sense. I understand that. You don't yeah. want to you don't want to link yourself to fans if you don't know what they represent or what they're all about. What if they tweet something racist or something weird? Absolutely. Like you don't want to be connected to them in any way. So I understand that part. But to go out of their way to actually block someone that is a really like I called you an ambassador for Suns fans and I genuinely believe that. I I see when people uh national media or blog boys as I call them are out on Twitter insulting the Suns or maybe misrepresenting them in some way. Uh, I see you almost before anyone else uh representing all of us in those discussions. So to go out of the way to do that it's it's really odd and it must feel if you had to say something to the sons right now uh about that what what would you say um i i think what's most frustrating about it is um throughout every dumb thing that like ryan mcdonough has done i've defended ryan mcdonough and then when robert sarver fired ryan mcdonough to some extent more than most sons fans i defended robert sarver like, I have always tried to defend them, um, which is, like, it's just my, like, naive, like, fandom. It's very stupid, but, like, that's what I've always tried to do. Um, I, I've defended generally every move that they've made. Um, and I've, you know, I went to Vegas to watch them in Summer League. I've, I've gone to, I live in San Diego, and I go to games, like, in Arizona. I drive back to Arizona. Uh, where I grew up to go to games. Um, I like make that 
a point. You know, I buy jerseys, I buy apparel. And yeah, they get like blocked for no reason. I, I really don't know why. Um, and and it's uh, it's really fucking annoying. And I don't know if I'm allowed to use swear words, but uh, yes, you are. Yeah, it's you know they they have not won more than twenty five games in four years, three years, and it, you know it very well might be end up being four years. Um, but yeah, for a team that's been so terrible. Um, I've defended them quite a bit, so that's what I would say to them. I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because honestly, I was going to say for a team that's been as bad as the Suns have been for the past five years, it's you know it takes a lot of audacity to kind of treat your best fans this way. I guess is what I would say. And when Mike says that you're an ambassador, I mean seriously, for the past several years uh, on social media, for the past many years on social media, you've just been out there uh, defending the team through every move. So. Yeah, I, I was surprised about this, to say the least. You know what is kind of funny, though? I saw you tweet at the Northern Arizona Suns today, asking if <laughs> yep. uh, you guys were still cool, and they responded and, you know, maybe explain what's going on there. So apparently you're still cool with the uh, G League team, at least, right? Yeah, I, I hope I don't get whoever runs the social media um, for the Northern Arizona Suns in trouble. Um, because, I, yeah, I kind of feel like that maybe they have no clue what's going on. Um, but yeah, I've tweeted the low suns, Northern Arizona suns. Um, and then I'll just keep making burner accounts, I think. <laughs> and I'll, I'll occasionally just give them a little gif that like, I'm still watching, uh, <laughs> until they unblock me. And maybe it'll, it'll take until Robert Sarver solves the team or, you know, something happens. Do you um, think they will unblock you? No, I... I thought that if they were going to, I kind of thought that they were, I always thought they were going to. And then now it's been like a day. And I'm like, after they, they blocked me on Facebook because I kind of left some comments. I, even though I'm not active on Facebook, I've never interacted with the Suns on Facebook before. Like at all. Like I don't use Facebook much. And I just like left a couple of comments and I was like, hey babe. Like I was just like leaving little comments <laughs> after they lost my 28 points last night. Um and then, yeah, they blocked me within like 20 minutes. I think before we, before we move on, I think you deserve a chance to just say that you've interacted with people who run social media for the Suns before and you have nothing against them, right? No, no, absolutely not. I've, you know, I, I get that it's like a tough job um, running social and, and especially for a team that's bad. Um, I've always thought like their video content, their Twitter, um photos like i've always thought that, like that was good i've always enjoyed in-game experiences um their website you know streaming has always been like good and fine and you know um i've i the only beef i've ever had with the team has been basketball operations um it has never been with anybody else in the organization that's on their payroll so well i have to say that just from my perspective, I think that it's really kind of sad uh, because it's just when you have someone that represents the team and you're doing it for free. Here, here's the thing that mm. I think about it is you make watching the Suns more fun. And I genuinely believe that. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the podcast. It is the reason that you're on the podcast, to be honest. And That's and it, the, the fact that they go out of the way to block somebody like you, it makes me kind of sad. And I don't know what the motivation is. None of us do. It's all speculation at this point. I've seen some people tweeting about it. We have no idea what's going on. I don't know if anyone from the Phoenix Suns listens to this podcast. I know there's a couple people that work for the team that follow us. Maybe they're going to 
<laughs> maybe they're going to delete us after this podcast. But uh, if they're listening right now, I just want you to know, Chris is great. He he only has the best uh, for the Phoenix Suns as his intentions. That's that's what it is. So unblock him. Come on, guys, unblock him. And maybe we'll be blocked after this, Sam. <laughs> That'd be pretty yes, funny. Yes, thank you. Unblock, unblock me so I can know basic things that I can also find out. From yeah, how else are you going to get advertisements for fries? <laughs> yeah, like how will I know when it's Sunday at Baked Bear? You know? <laughs> I, I know. Well, like I said, at least you can... At least you can get notes on George King and the Northern Arizona team. So hopefully that's enough for you. Yeah, I still got the I still got the Northern Arizona Suns. Maybe I should just start uh, retweeting in quotes all of the Suns posts, but just writing them out again so that you could see them. Yeah, that's what I need. <laughs> I need I need people that I need like a an account that just like re, like retweets everything that they say. So just I fully can rewrites it. it. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Whoever wants to do that for Chris, feel free. Well, I'll start doing it later a on. Programmer tonight. who listens to this podcast, write a box <laughs> that can do that. I feel like it can't be that bad, right? Yeah, I, it would be very helpful. It'd be very easy. At it, it should be at Chris Hansen Sons. <laughs> yes, that would be very helpful. Now, I want to talk about something before we move on to recapping the Denver game a little bit. Did you guys see the wrong? I know you did. I don't know why I have to ask this, but just to introduce it. Chris Paul and Rajon Rondo, two guys who are about 65 years old combined, got into a fist fight in an amazing, amazing scene uh, last night. Did you, I know you guys saw it. What did you, well, let's start with you, Chris. What did you think of that fight? So I didn't see it live. I saw it about 10, 15 minutes later because I was still getting over the Nuggets game. Um, <laughs> and, and I, but then I ended up rushing back to the TV and I thought, and yeah, so at first it did not look like Rajon Rondo spit. Um, right. It, Spitgate. Yeah, Spitgate. And I, and I thought it was possible that Mello, there was some residual spit that he talked like really loud. And, and he just maybe, looks like a guy that spits when he talks. Yeah, he spits when he talks. <laughs> and it could have been Mello. And then, of course, this morning, like the great side angle video where you actually see the Rondo spit. And... Um, I'm I'm extremely surprised that they, he only got suspended for I believe three games. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised. Yeah, the, the, and yeah, one more game than Chris Paul seems so odd to yeah. me. Yeah. Chris Paul gets two games. Rondo yeah. gets three for that. But um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And Brandon Ingram got five for his dulcet punch. He got four. But <laughs> I, I actually think the funniest yeah, four, the four, funniest yeah. take on this was Mike D'Antoni when he was asked uh, later about it. He was saying <laughs> that. Uh, at least they didn't suspend Boris Diaw again. So, gave a little reference <laughs> yeah. out there for Suns fans. Every Suns fan's heart breaks all at once. <laughs> yeah, it was really fantastic. Mike Breen calling that game was absolutely amazing. He he owned it. I watched it live, uh, and uh, you know, oh the punches. He was really screaming. Mike Breen needs to call fights. <laughs> it was more fun to watch than a lot of the fights I've seen that were actual fights. Uh, who won that fight? What do you guys think? Uh, I don't know. They both actually landed punches, which is like way above the usual bar. I think Chris Paul won. See. Yeah, I think, I think Chris Paul won. That, I don't know. that last lefty punch that I, I when LeBron was pulling him away. Yeah. That's fair because he didn't start he didn't he didn't start the fight. And I think his defense, like after the fight had started, that was pretty good. Chris Paul good at defense do you think that Chris Paul should have been suspended at all I mean if I got spit 
first of all, spitting at someone in their face is an okay reason to punch them in the face. I think that's a, that's a fair thing to do. That's not okay anywhere. You can't spit in someone's face. That's insane. I was actually, you know, I'm. He should have been suspended. Yes, he threw punches on, on an NBA court, but. That seems like an okay reason to me. I don't know what you guys I don't know. I mean, the NBA operates like a high school. They've got like a sort of zero tolerance policy as soon as you throw a punch, even if it was (laughs) self-defense. It's obviously bullshit. But I mean, we're also we're ignoring Ingram's role in this a little bit, too. I mean, he instigated the entire thing before that fight between the two of them even started. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I definitely would have suspended CP3 for one game. I think that's enough. Or give Rondo and Ingram more. Certainly wouldn't mind to see the Lakers lose some more games. Uh, in the next week or two, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't seem to matter if they're playing yeah, or not. They might lose that's, anyway. That's true, uh, and we're going to talk about that because uh, they have a game coming up against the Suns this week. Yeah, let's talk about basketball. How about that? Yeah, um, the Suns lost to Denver by twenty-eight points. Uh, Jokic had a perfect game. He had thirty-five points, a crazy number of assists, a crazy number of rebounds, and could not be stopped. The Suns clearly need a point guard. Um, Booker sort of was running point early with a little turnover prone. Mikhail Bridges played well. Uh, Chris, what did you think of that game? So I uh, I had a friend come over. I generally watch games alone. Um, I had a friend come over and watch the game with me, and um, he was trying to get on the bandwagon of the Phoenix Suns, and I was I was oh, really no. like, yeah, because he saw the final six minutes of the, right. of the Mavericks game. And I was like, hey, man, you know, this is not like that was not normal. Um, and, you know, I, I'll be honest. I felt that like the fact that they got down by 17, I think, and then they cut the lead down to two. Um, I saw where this like Booker Aiton dynamic works. Um, I know Aiton was like a plus three or something where right. the Suns were like winning, you know, when he was on the court. Um, but at the same time, it was like same old, same old where it's like you can't hit shots. Um, the defense is atrocious. I love Devin Booker, but like, come on, get better at defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was rough. It was kind of the same old, same old. How about Tyson Chandler's defense? Yeah. It looked pretty bad. I mean, I'm, I guess I should be used to that after last season, but I thought this was a year where Tyson Chandler was going to start trying again. They had an agreement. He said they had an agreement. Uh, Sam, what did you think of that game? Tyson just can't move anymore. We've seen it for the past three years. There's a subreddit and there's a Twitter account that are called not aesthetic things. So things that are not aesthetic. I was thinking they should just put Tyson Chandler highlights. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, look, Tyson is still very good at. Well, is he very good at anything? He's still pretty good at rebounding. He's still pretty good at rebounding. He got eight. Yeah. In the box score right now. Okay, he got eight fair. rebounds in 17 minutes. What I thought of the game is this. Um, I want to give credit to Denver for their perimeter defense. First of all, Chris, you were saying uh, we missed a lot of shots. We definitely did. But there was a huge difference when you looked at the way that the Suns switched on screens, went after closeouts on their perimeter defense versus the way the Nuggets did it. Uh, we were throwing out a lot of lineups that in theory have a good amount of shoe- uh, shooters between Kanan, Booker, uh, one of Ariza or Bridges and Anderson all at the court on the same time. And I thought the dribble drive penetration was pretty good. Uh, they were swinging the ball from side to side. They were getting, in theory, open shots. Uh, but just Denver was so good at closing out and really gave just way more of a shit defensively than the Suns did last night. Our transition defense was terrible. Our perimeter defense wasn't good. Obviously, we couldn't stop Nikola Jokic. So, look, I don't know if it was the altitude. That always plays uh, a factor when you go into the Denver arena. But 
the effort just wasn't there for Phoenix last night. Yeah, absolutely. It was difficult. You know, it was the first time that DeAndre and Mikhail Bridges were playing in Denver. It doesn't seem to affect Mikhail Bridges, obviously. Now, of course, we had Devin Booker still coming back from his hand surgery. DeAndre Ayton sprained his ankle in practice. So there was a lot going against the team. If you were a betting man, that would have probably been a good game to bet on as far as uh, the Nuggets covering because it's just there just wasn't a good chance of them winning even before the game even started so no surprise they lost the Nuggets were favored by 10 it's the hardest place to play in the NBA as far as away games so no surprise there but Mikhail Bridges he looked pretty great (laughs) I mean what was crazy is Trevor Ariza had a negative 49 I think he was at the team was 47 that's crazy and you know what I will say too watching the game he he didn't play very badly I wouldn't say that anything about his play stood out as as minus is a weird stat it's Ariza played right. bad. He had such a good first game, though, that you know I'm not prepared to crucify him over this performance. He he was bad, but I don't think he was actually minus 47 points uh, bad. Chris, I don't know what you think about that. No, I, I think that that was like plus minus anomaly to the extreme. Right. Um, yeah, I've never actually seen plus minus be like that insane. I think he just got really unlucky on the court. And plus minus is a weird thing where, of course, Mikhail Bridges plays against the bench players the entire time, and Ariza played against the starters, and the starters killed us. The starters scored 109 points, I think, for for the Denver team, so that's where you get killed. You get killed like that, so it's better than some random bench player going off on us, I guess, like it was last year the entire year. (laughs) Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, let's preview the games coming up next week. We got some big ones coming up, so we'll be right back. Recently, we made something on our Twitter called the Timeline Skills Breakdown. What it is is a video of what it takes for DeAndre Ayton to become a great passer. This could be a new series for us and we'd like you to watch. Let us know what you think. Hopefully, we can make some more for you in the future. If you have any suggestions for what skills you see on some Suns players and what they have, let us know. Maybe we can make a cool video for it. Once again, check us out at the Timeline Pod on Twitter. You can see the most recent videos. If you can't find it, send us a message, send us a tweet, find us on Reddit. We'll point you in the right direction. Thanks for listening. The Suns have some really important games coming up this week. We have the Warriors on Monday, L. the Lakers on Wednesday, maybe an L, <laughs> and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies on Saturday uh, coming up on the weekend. Hopefully mm, not an L on a, that one. No, it's a rough. It's a rough week, no matter what. You know, it's funny. Me and Chris interacted on Twitter right before the season started because both of us simultaneously bought 2K19 and we were playing as the Suns uh, on 2K19 and we realized how rough the beginning of the schedule is. Now, even when we did our uh, schedule recap with Max from 7 seconds or less, we we looked at the schedule and we realized how rough the first couple weeks are going to be. But there's really nothing like playing uh, on 2K19 and just sort of realizing, oh my God, there's so many stars coming at us. So let's go one by one. We're going to do this every week. Let's go one by one and cover each game and we'll talk about sort of what we think about these games so the first game monday 
the 22nd against the Warriors. So, a couple facts on this game's uh, this this uh, series against this team that I'm going to throw at you guys and, and get your reactions here. <laughs> First of all, the Suns have lost 15 in a row against the Warriors. Did you guys know that? Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't felt like we've won. I remember, I remember the last one. Oh, wait. Okay, okay, okay. Before you say anything about that, the <laughs> last time the Suns won was November 9th, 2014. Fuck, fuck yeah, I remember that game. <laughs> I was going okay, to so, guess the last win was when Amari Stoudemire dunked on Anthony <laughs> Tolliver. <laughs> I, was like, I was like 10 years ago. I was in middle school. Yes. So... Who was, let's see if you, it sounds like Chris is going to know this, whichever one of you gets it first. Who was the highest scorer for the Suns in the last game that the Suns beat the Warriors? Oh, the highest scorer. Mm-hmm. Was it, I don't think it was Goran. It was not. No, shit. Can I buzz in? Yeah, Sam, you got a guess? Well, let's go with something crazy. Isaiah Thomas, 28 points. It was Isaiah Thomas. Wow. I remember points? that. Twenty-two point seven okay. assists. Okay, not bad. Play without. Play, yeah. was, play didn't play. And does it even but count? Warriors, it was 2014. But the Warriors were doing good. Yeah, they were, that was a great season for them. That was, yeah, I think, yeah, that was Steph's that first, was MBT, first MVP. Year. Season. That was their first title year. And they were like doing so well, and then the Sun killed them. Yeah, that was a fun game, and that was that legendary. Uh, three guard lineup team that actually was pretty good. They they played pretty good that season. Not a lot of defense, but a lot a lot of offense. So, a couple other stats: Devin Booker has never beaten the Warriors. So every game Devin Booker has played against the Warriors, we've lost. He's actually never scored more than twenty one. So even in the years he averaged twenty five and he averaged more than twenty one, uh, he never scored more than twenty one. He's had two double doubles, including his rookie year. I know you guys know the rookie year one: eighteen points, eleven assists, zero turnovers. That was one of those games where you're like, "Wow, is Devin Booker more than a scorer?" So two double doubles, a couple new additions for the Warriors: Jonas Jurebko or Jonas Jurebko, depending on who you are, Demarcus Cousins, uh, who's not playing, and Clay Thompson grew a beard. I feel like that's a good addition <laughs> to the team as well. Now, it's going to be a really interesting game. So here's one of those games where DeAndre Ayton could matter a lot. Now, maybe he's still going to have a rough ankle, big swollen ankle, but they don't have a lot to stop uh, Ayton. Uh, You know, we saw it in preseason. They don't have a lot to stop him. This is the type of game where we really need him to shine. Uh, How do you feel? Chris, first, let's start with you. How do you feel about this game, just thinking about the game um, coming up? Well, um, I, I think that my my fear is that Stephen Curry this season has turned into uh, 2014-15 Steph Curry. Um, I uh, I'm a little worried, but I, I think that like the Suns can, if they can get a good game from Booker, which I still don't know if his hand is 100. percent Right. Um, I, I kind of think game one was maybe a fluke, was like kind of the best case scenario for Devin Booker, like that mm-hmm. wasn't normal. Um, so yeah, it's um I guess my positive thing would be is you know, don't lose by twenty, lose by fifteen. But <laughs> good luck. Like I it's so hard to come up with like a reasonable thing to say when you play the Golden State Warriors. I'm just like, you know, God bless. <laughs> Sam, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean none of us thinks we're gonna win, right? Like Mike, you don't think we're gonna win. 
I wouldn't bet on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's completely insane. But no, just another fact too. And then I'll let you keep going, Sam. Kevin Durant is currently averaging thirty-two points, and Steph Curry is averaging thirty-one. Now, obviously, it's only been two games, but that's crazy. Yeah, it's they're in, they're insane. They're um, certainly the best team I've ever seen play in in my lifetime. Uh, and I, I don't know. I mean, look, Denver just beat them tonight. By the way, I don't know if either of you guys saw that game. Um, so they are two and yeah. one technically. Uh, and and I do think they're a little bit of a weirdly constructed roster in that their offense is really being fueled by Curry and Durant even more so than it usually is through these first few games. Um, I actually added it up. 75% of their shot attempts tonight came from players named Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, or Clay Thompson. The the bench is full of these like good defensive role players who are kind of afraid of shooting, guys like Kevon Looney. Um, you know, Andre Iguodala has never been much of a scorer, certainly isn't much of a scorer anymore. Um, you've got guys like Damian Jones and, and Draymond Green obviously aren't much of scorers. So their their team is really fueled by Steph and Durant. Uh, I guess that means theoretically you could say if one of those guys had a bad game, you could somehow win. But that logic just doesn't really add up to me. I, I just at Oracle, I don't see how the Suns come away with a win here. So I want to make the case of what it would take for the Suns to win. Now, we are the Endlessly Optimistic Podcast, after all. First off, the two games that the Warriors have won, they're 2-0 so far, have been incredibly close games. The first game was against Utah, very, very good team, where Jonas Drabko hit a game-winning tip-in off of a Kevin Durant mid-range shot that just sort of bounced off the rim. He tipped it in as the buzzer expired. I think there was like 0.3 left in the clock, and of course the Jazz heaved a, a full-court shot that didn't Got him, got him, yeah that's right donovan mitchell did let's be clear (laughs) uh yeah that's right actually it was a corner three like a turnaround corner three and yeah and he missed it so the next game was against the nuggets and they had a few days rest and they played the nuggets and they lost in a very 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 close game once again the nuggets ended up uh pulling it out at the end after playing the foul game for a few possessions so first off the warriors are playing very well so i'm not saying they're not but even as they're playing very well, it's taken Kevin Durant averaging 32 points and Steph Curry averaging 31 points and uh, just to, to get where they were to 2-0 and before, plus now they lost this Denver Nuggets game. So it's been very, very close games so far. Now, what would it take, in my mind, I'm trying to think, what would be the scenario where the Suns could actually win against the Warriors? So a couple things. First off, Trevor Ariza very much hates the Warriors after his battle with them last year in the Rockets. So Hopefully we don't see a Trevor Reza game like the one against the Nuggets. Now, like I said, it's not exactly... It was an on-Trevor Reza that he was a negative 47 in that game. There was a lot of factors that went into that. But we can expect something... I would expect something more like the first game against Dallas where we get a really engaged, really locked-in Trevor Reza. He's going to be guarding Kevin Durant. Of course, he'd have to hold him below his averages of 32 points in order for us to do well. I doubt that's going to happen, but that would be nice. And the other thing would be that Aiton has a monster game, and of course, Devin Booker would have a, have to have a monster game. Is there any other scenario to you guys that you can think of where the Suns could actually win this game? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. You know what the problem is? You know what the problem is? The Warriors just won last night, or or they lost last night, or tonight. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that the Suns have played the Warriors a lot when the Warriors have like blown a game or like lost, right. and then like the Suns are like the revenge game. 
Yeah, I just I just don't know what I'm supposed to tell you. Like Jamal Crawford is going to unlock some hidden defensive potential and lock down <laughs> Steph Curry to to lead us to victory. Just seems like not that likely of a storyline. Same with Isaiah Kane and stopping. Yeah, him, I'll go. I'll go. I'll, I'll go for one. Uh, T.J. Warren scores 26 points or something. All threes. Yeah, it could, and you know T.J. Warren has had a, a few great games against the Warriors, so it definitely yeah. could happen that he he goes off. I think one well, of his oh, highest oh, scoring oh, games. Oh, was Josh awesome. Jackson. Yeah, Josh Jackson's played well as well. So obviously yeah. everyone kind of gets up to play the Warriors, and they still lose. That's the thing. So who, who knows? Yeah, maybe apathy is like the the best hope for the Suns that the Warriors are just apathetic, <laughs> don't yeah. care, and uh, you know screw this team, and then they come out and kind of blow it. So what you're saying is maybe they let the players coach again, <laughs> and the players yeah. don't coach very oh, well. God, I forgot. Yeah, about and that. Igor is better. Yeah. Yeah. The Warriors, I looked at the betting lines, and if I'm reading this right, the the Warriors are favored by 13 points. So really That's not we, much. No, it's actually less than I would have expected. And, it, you know, it's it's a back-to-back for the Warriors. So, you know, who knows? That's that, you know, 13 points on a back-to-back is still pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> but so, it feels better. It feels better than you'd think. Yeah. So we'll yeah. see. I guess a win is if Steve Kerr actually has to coach the whole time. <laughs> yeah. That's a win. So the next game is the Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles Lakers. And this is a home game. So it should be said, too, that Warriors game is an away game. We're playing in uh, at Golden State. So that's a rough place to play as well. This is a home game. Now, here's the thing. In the years past, a home game against the Lakers hasn't felt much like a home game. Now they have LeBron. Can we even count this as a home game? It seems like it's going to be pretty rough. Um, a couple more stats for this game. First of all, the Suns are 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games against the Lakers. You guys probably remember a lot of them. There was a Brandon Knight triple-double somewhere in there. There's a couple great games. There was that famous Julius Randle kick-out to the three uh, game when he was isolating Tyson Chandler. <laughs> Congratulations, you beat Tyson Chandler on an isolation. Um, we were 1-3 against the Lakers last season. The Lakers have not won yet. As of when I made this uh, outline, the Lakers were 0-2. So we'll see where they are when they play against us. This is on Wednesday. Uh, do you guys have any idea what we are in our... I think, Sam, I showed you the outline, or maybe I showed both of you, but do you guys know what we are in the last 10 games against LeBron, not just necessarily against the Lakers? I, I know. Do you do you Ooh. want me to go for it or nah. that's not fun. No, it's okay. I'll say it. It's one and nine. I don't wanna I don't think I have to force you it's guys to say that. We're one and nine. No, we've we've won once against LeBron. I think you guys know this, but who was the high scorer when the Suns beat LeBron? He was on the Cavs at the time. Who was the high scorer in that team? Who knows? Any either one of you? Kevin Love. Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love is still on the Cavs. I don't know why. <laughs> Answer Kevin Love. Was it Kyrie Irving? No, no. It's this is it. This was. I'm sorry. This was January 13, 2015, when the Suns beat the Cavs. So who was the high scorer? I on know the exactly Suns, who it I is. Say. I know exactly who it is. Who was I it? I hate him, but he was a clutch motherfucker. It was Markeith Morris, right? <laughs> it was Markeith Morris in a game I was at. Uh, that was Markeith Morris who who scored 35 points. In a very good game, it was a very close game. It was actually the first time. So LeBron was out for 10 games right before that. He came back, first game back from injury was in Phoenix, and the Suns won that game. And that was the last time the Suns beat LeBron. It was um, 
pretty bad before that and pretty bad after that. Uh, I also have LeBron's averages against the Suns in the last 10 games. Um, do you guys want to try and guess those averages at all? Uh, Chris, let's start with you. I really have no idea. <laughs> uh, Thirty-one. <laughs> 31, 7, and 9. That sounds about right. I'll co- no, I'll co- 35, 15, and Co-sign. 20. So if I had to guess, I think I would have guessed something insane like that, Sam, as well. It's actually 26.7 assists, 6 rebounds. So it's closer to his career averages. And uh, you, as you guys could probably guess, the total amount of minutes he played, less than his career average. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of why he didn't have I, to play. I knew it was low. I knew it was low. He's never had a giant game against the Suns. No, he never really yeah, has. Actually, I guess that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what his high-scoring game. I should have looked that up. That would have been actually kind of interesting to see what his high-scoring game against the Suns is. And who knows? So this game, I guess you can assume Trevor Reza is going to be guarding him. So a couple other things on this. Uh, we, we're going to assume that, well, Rondo and Ingram are out. So we know that for sure. So they're going to be out. So some new additions on the team. Of course, LeBron, Rajon Rondo, he's not playing. Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Michael Beasley, Mo Wagner, Svi, Isaac Bonga. Those guys might actually get minutes in this game since there's a few players out. You can guess Josh Hart's going to play a lot of minutes. This is a really interesting game. They haven't looked very good so far. Chris, what do you think the chances are that the Suns win this game? I think that there's like a decent chance if Igor is a good coach and and um, if this is like the actual 30 30- win 30 to 35 win team that we like kind of hope they are um they should have a decent chance i don't know how good the lakers are going to be um but you know in la devin booker plays pretty well in la or no it's a home game right it's a home game yeah it's so it's, it's like being in la <laughs> no booker plays well again no so it's like an away game yeah it's, it's like an away game <laughs> over, um, over under I, Five thousand LeBron jerseys in the arena on Wednesday. Oh, yeah, no, I'll go over. <laughs> probably, you're probably right. I think like, yeah, but Booker plays well though against LA. Um, I don't think that they're, you know, they, they can win. Yeah, sure. I think I, I think this one's a lot more likely than than the Warriors game. Sam, what do you think? Um, I no, I think the chances are good here. Um, we're going to see more Kuzma probably. We're obviously going to see more Lonzo. Um, maybe we'll even see Michael Beasley for the first time. He hasn't really played yet. The Lakers are a poorly constructed roster. They're shooting 24% from the three-point range as a team so far, which is dead last in the league. What a surprise that that's the case, given the right. collective group of burgers that they signed this offseason. But... um. <laughs> You know, I'm still not sold on on Lonzo as as an off ball complement to LeBron, but I do think you know maybe potentially it could happen. He is shooting pretty well on the season so far. Again, it's two games, so I don't want to make you know too big a thing out of any type of sample size like that. I definitely think the Suns have a good chance. And for the record, we did ask you guys what you thought as well on Twitter uh, with a poll. Forty three percent of you think that the Suns are going to win this game by less than ten points. Twelve percent of you think the Suns are going to win by more than ten points. And if you think about it, our Twitter followers is really the biased sample of just Suns fans. So for only 55% of Suns fans to think that uh, the Suns are going to win this game and 45% thinking that the Lakers will win is kind of indicative of this fan base, I think, being still pretty pessimistic uh, about our chances. But I do think that uh, there's there's a good shot. It's interesting to think about the team without Rondo and Ingram. They're not, first off, they're not very good. I, we did a Pacific 
division uh, sort of forecast. And I don't have high hopes for this team. Uh, and especially if you take out Rondo and Ingram, Ingram's been pretty good against the Suns so far. He's looked good in basically every game he's played against us. So it's nice that he's not playing. He's long. He, he can play pretty well on offense. He's good at cutting off the ball, which, you know, if Devin Booker ends up on him, does an easy cut to the basket. Uh, so it's really interesting. What Sam, let's start with you. What do you think is the most important matchup for this game on both sides? So obviously, here's what I think, first of all. For the Lakers to win maybe 40 or, you know, 45 games or maybe close to 50 games like some people think they are, it sure seems like LeBron's going to have to score 35 points a game for it to happen, and they're going to have to really run up and down the court, and he's getting a little older. So take LeBron out of it. So let's say let's take LeBron out of it. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think beyond that is an important matchup, let's say, for the Suns to play well? Per, this is just a personal answer, first of all. Do you remember when Nate Duncan and uh, Danny LaRue on their podcast yeah. ranked Contavious Caldwell Pope over Devin Booker as a shooting guard? This was like a year ago. So just for that reason, oh my I, wa- God. I want to see Devin Nate Booker. Duncan. Yeah, he's oh fucking idiot. For, for that reason alone, and by the way, I'm surprised we haven't been, side note here again, sorry, I'm surprised we haven't been blocked by Nate on Twitter mm-hmm. yet. Mike, because he actually responded to a, a tweet we put out yesterday. To I don't know if you want to make anything. I can't more of believe that, that right happened. Yeah, no, let's talk about it. We I made a video <laughs> of uh, some uh, DeAndre. I've been obsessed with DeAndre Ayton's passing. I love passing from a big man. Watching Jokic last night was absolutely amazing. Um, so I made a video of DeAndre Ayton passing, and I sort of broke down some of some of the good aspects of DeAndre Ayton catching the ball in the post and, and, and throwing it back out to cutters or throwing it out to shooters. And somebody tagged him in it and said, the tape doesn't lie, Nate Duncan. And Nate Duncan got really defensive right away. It's really bizarre that he feels the need to defend himself off of everything. Doesn't that just show a sign of insecurity? Is that just me that reads it as insecurity? Or do you guys feel that way too? Yeah. No, he he like he feels weird about the Suns. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it. So I thought it was really interesting Interesting that he had to step in. He felt it was really important to make it known that, yeah, I've been a fan of his passing this whole time. And I don't know I don't know that that's true. I stopped listening to his podcast about two years ago, so I'm out. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking there. But So it sounds like, Sam, that you're saying KCP versus Devin Booker is the most important matchup, which makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, well, not even necessarily to win the game. I just want to see Devin Booker destroy KCP purely because of <laughs> Nate Duncan. Uh, Nate Duncan, but yeah, I guess that to win is the an game, insane that take. Does matter That's too. That's insane. Yeah, it, it was funny Does then. Really it's funny think now. That? Well, this this really was a year ago. That? Okay, so this was the year after. To to put it into context, this must have been after Booker averaged twenty two points a game. It was going into last season before he had the twenty five. The year, the year season. that he was averaging 25 points over the last, like, 42 games. Yeah, that's, right. that's, that's an important yeah, note. On, 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 like, a 56% true shooting. But guys, Devin Booker doesn't contribute to winning basketball. I know that because <laughs> the Suns don't win games. Because the Suns don't, yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's an easy calculate. Those are the advanced are analytics bad. there. Therefore, everyone on their team is bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's going to be a really interesting game. LeBron and Phoenix, God, I've really hated watching that team so far. Have you guys, Chris, have you watched them play? Have you watched the Lakers play with LeBron? Uh, I've watched them a little bit. Um, they don't look good. Uh, they don't have three-point shooters. Uh, they don't have <laughs> good defenders. They don't have smart basketball players. Yeah. Um, but they have LeBron. Well, they have Ron- they have Rondo's Rondo. a smart player. And then Rondo's, like, competent. Yeah, he's a smart player. 
But like he also is like not a perfect player by any means, like for as smart as he is. Here's what um, I'll say. So far this season, JaVale McGee might be their second best player. Yeah. No, so my Yeesh. my interesting like matchup was kind of gonna be McGee and Aiton. Because like McGee's like long, he's big. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, don't get like be able to post up against them, you know? Totally. We need an eight like, revenge like game. Yeah. yeah. And you know what else too? Javel moves off the ball. He really does move off the ball. And that means that Aiton yeah. has to be focused the entire game. That's been a lot of the trouble with Aiton so far. Now I will say his defense in preseason was actually really good. And so far in the season, it didn't start out great in Dallas. He played a lot of minutes and it looked worse uh, after that ankle sprain in Denver. So this would be a good game for him to step up because JaVale's constantly going to be moving. And when you have LeBron on the court, he's going to find him. He's definitely going to find him. Yeah. So we'll see. This could be a one of those galvanizing games you know, for the Lakers, too, after uh, two of their guys were suspended. So it's going to be an interesting one. There's another game next week. It's Saturday the 27th. This is in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Now, the Grizzlies, interesting team because it's difficult to predict what they're going to be like. Um, first of all, the Suns are 5-5 five and five in the last 10 games uh, against the Grizzlies. As we're recording this, the Grizzlies are 1-1 one one so far this season. They added Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Anderson, and Chandler Parson got his knees back. <laughs> <laughs> he got that spinning procedure, that blood spinning procedure in uh, Germany. Uh, that's supposed to make your knees better. Uh, I haven't actually, I'll, I'll be frank, I haven't actually watched the Grizzlies so far this season. It's difficult to catch up with every team. Uh, I imagine they could be good. They still have Mike Conley. Uh, you know, they still have Gasol and Jaron Jackson Jr., a good defender who can shoot the lights out from three. Sam, we'll start with you. What do you think about this game, Thinking coming up in this game? This is the least interesting one in a week with the Warriors and the Lakers, of course, but what do you think about the Grizzlies? Uh, well, this is actually a really interesting one, in my opinion, still, because you've got the whole Jaron Jackson Jr. versus Aiden narrative. Now, here's the thing, right. guys. Uh, Jamichael Green is out four to six weeks with a broken jaw. That's their starting power yeah. forward. Um, I don't know if you, you saw the news about that, but so... They have a really weak front court depth chart without Jamichael Green. And it makes me wonder, actually, because we haven't seen a Grizzlies game since news of that injury. Will Jaron Jackson Jr. start next to Marcus All? Are they going to go for a, a type of um, Twin Towers approach? Because their only other option is they have all of these really small forwards like Kyle Anderson, Omer Caspi, Chandler Parsons, who aren't really power forwards. They could slide one of them in there as a small ball four and, and try to operate that way. But I almost think it would be more interesting to see um, Jackson and Gasol play together and see what that looks like for the Grizzlies. Yeah, that would be really interesting. And Jaron Jackson Jr., he can shoot, so it's not like yeah. it's not like there's a spacing problem there. Uh, Chris, what do you think when you think about this game? How do you feel about it? Yeah, uh, well, that's kind of a game that if if I'm assuming that Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to start, and also it's like he's not only a good three point shooter, like in the draft process we kind of thought he was going to be a really good defender and not a good offensive player and it's turned out that like he's actually an extremely like good offensive player right. um he's really good at drawing fouls he's gonna you know of course shooting he's good in the paint mm-hmm. um his defense has not been as good as his offense has been um so it's gonna be a test for eight and i bet he could plays a lot at five like he'll play a lot at the fives um He's probably, 
Yeah, the Suns got to be careful. It'll be a very interesting matchup between Aiton and, and Jackson for sure. It's, it's really interesting because the Grizzlies are really hard to predict. Uh, they were bad last season, but they had injuries, and Marcus Hull played a lot of the year, but did he really? I mean, he, he didn't look like he was trying for at least the second half of the season. Mike Conley's back. He could be good. He looked good in preseason, uh, you know, and nobody's really defending him on the Suns. Who do, who, who do we have to guard? And maybe Josh Jackson for, for part of the game in, in crunch time, but he's going to go off, we can expect. Um, Gasol, who knows? He's shooting threes now. We all know he, he, he has the passing ability. He's a good defender. It's gonna that's a huge guy for Aiton to be matched up in mm. against in in the starting lineup. So that's a difficult guy to move. He's not gonna have a lot of uh, free movement, you know, like he could maybe like when he first posted up Doncic. Uh, it's it's gonna be very very different. I, I don't really know what to expect from this game. I really don't. I'm I'm gonna try and catch a Grizzlies game before that game comes. This is the a sort of game where I think DeAndre Ayton becomes really important because, like I was just saying, if Jaron Jackson Jr. and Marcus Saul is your starting front court, Ayton needs to be aggressive. They need to give Ayton the ball early on in the first quarter because we know Jaron Jackson Jr., as good of a defender as he is, has a foul problem. If you can get two or three fouls early on against either of those two guys, and then suddenly the Grizzlies have to spend the rest of the game with one of those two on the bench. Uh, and they're playing Kyle Anderson or Caspi or Parsons in a forward role instead where those guys really can't rebound the ball all that well, you control the glass for the rest of the game. I mean, that just becomes a distinct advantage for you at that point. And, you know, at that point, whether the shots are falling for Phoenix on offense or not, that's sort of a contingency plan. You can go in, get offensive rebounds, get second chance points. Um, So I think this is really going to be a game. Devin Booker is going to be important as always, but it's really going to fall on whether or not DeAndre Aiden can be aggressive uh, and can get those other bigs for Memphis in trouble early on. I love that. I love that take because that could be one of those games where DeAndre Ayton gets 15 rebounds. That would be a really fun thing to watch. It's going to be interesting to see these three games. This is a difficult week. We got one of the best teams in the world. Um, we got the Lakers. Who who knows? The Lakers, of course, they haven't looked good yet, but at any moment they could click, and then that could be rough. It is a LeBron team after all, and LeBron can figure it out. And, you know, revenge game. Sam talked about it. Yeah, it could be a revenge game. He could be on a on a mission after the the fight where he helped his best friend before he helped his teammates. Uh, there's also the Grizzlies. There's no way to predict that game. It's difficult to say. On any given night, the Grizzlies could look really good. They have some players that could be great. Uh, you know, even Chandler Parsons. We've seen his pump fake. He he still got it. Uh, he could be great on any given night. So it's going to be interesting. That's that's for sure. Let's make some predictions now. There's three games. Sam, what do you think the record's going to be after this week for these just these three games? Let's go two and one. Why not? I mean, two and one. I like it. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to be wrong next week, and then I'll look like an idiot. But I'm going to be optimistic for now. Who Say cares? we beat the Lakers, we beat the Grizzlies. Why not? Let's roll into next week three and two. Uh, like you guys said at the oh, I forget who said it. I think it was you, Mike. That we have a really tough schedule in that couple opening weeks. So it's totally yeah. possible that these Suns could be in really poor positioning a couple weeks from now, but. Uh, I'd like to think that they can go two and one. Chris, what do you think? Oh and three. Oh and three. Oh and three. Oh, oh, oh three, Chris. Yeah. Oh, Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that, no, I think that the Suns will be fine. No, I think this. So I was going to go one and two, and then I thought, you know, I I don't think I don't think Devin Booker thing is close to one hundred percent, and and especially like last year with his hand injury, I. I don't think he is like 100% until he's actually 100% with that hand. 
Um, and I think that this offense is going to take a, like maybe a week or two to really like get its bearings. And I think that maybe the Mavericks game was more of a fluke. So Chris, how, I'll go m- three. how many games do they win if the Suns unblock you right now? No, I, I think that they still go 0-3. <laughs> Having said that, I still think I still think that this is like a 31 team. I think that this team catches up. Right. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. This is a rough start to the season. We talked about it. It's it's just hard. It's going to be very, very hard. And they were not supposed to be good right away. I, I didn't think they were ever supposed to be good right away. No, we have five rookies. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take time. Yeah, it's going to take time. Um. I'm going to say one and three because neither of you said it. So, or one and two, I should say. With that win coming against the Lakers, I think that's actually the, uh, a very winnable game, and and I think it, it it's going to matter to to the guys that that we win that because if you play on the Suns, you know Suns fans don't like the Lakers. We just don't like them. So that's gonna that's gonna be a big game. That's also the only home game, so I think that matters too. Uh, Devin Booker talks about, I'm sure you guys saw this. Devin Booker said there's, there's a different energy in the arena. And I agree with that just from even watching the game on TV. I'm going to try and make that Lakers game if I can to see what it's like in the arena so far. We talked about it on the last podcast, Sam. It's been a while since we've seen Devin Booker have a really great home game. He plays really well on the road. Chris, you actually just mentioned that earlier on the podcast. He does play really well on the road, but I think this is a different year. I think the Suns fans are going to be more engaged than they've been in years and I think Devin Booker really plays off of a good crowd. And I think even when I've been to a lot of Lakers games, even when the stadium is half full of Lakers fans, Suns fans at those games are really engaged. They just really are because we don't like them. And I think they're going to feed off of that. That's the type of thing that de- helps Devin Booker to play really well. So I think that's the most winnable of of the games. And that Grizzlies game, also winnable. But we do have a lot of rookies, and, and our rookies are really important for how we how well we do as far as Aiton, at least, in Bridges. And it's difficult to play on the road uh, starting out in a rookie's career. So I, I doubt that we're going to be very good on the road in the first half of the season, just in general. Uh, so I have a few more questions, actually. I want to throw at you, Chris, rapid fire, and then we'll wrap up. Are you okay with that? Yeah. All right. These are all for you. Okay. Here we go. Who is one person on Twitter that you blocked? <laughs> Ooh, who will I block? I honestly don't know names of people that I've blocked. Trolls? No, uh, no, I've never like blocked anybody. So... Oh, Ma- no, I think maybe um, Mitchell fans. I've blocked like two people. I've ma- no, I've never blocked a Jazz fan. <laughs> okay, never. No, You're... I, I don't. I don't know. You're a bigger man than Nate Duncan, Chris. Yeah. Um, I, I only block people if they say something like racist or if I like, yeah. Fair. Uh, what's one tweet that you tweeted that you thought would get more traction than it did? Ooh, I cannot um, tell you off the top of my head, but I will say every like random non-NBA tweet that I think about for more than like two minutes. I'm like, dude, this is gonna get like a hundred thousand retweets, <laughs> and then it, and then it gets like, and then it gets like two, and it's always from like the same people that like retweet like all of my tweets. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, nothing that I ever think is gonna be good is good. 
Okay. What would you do if the Phoenix Suns won a championship? Uh, I've always thought about it. I would probably have, I would pay at all costs to go to the game um, that I think that they're going to win at. Um, I would probably get arrested. <laughs> um, I would, um, yeah, I would, I would definitely like have like some form of like nudity, like a fence against me. <laughs> so I would be like a, I might be like a sexual predator technically. Um, I, it would be bad. It'd be rough. Um, if I had children, like I would lose custody for a minute. Um, but okay. yeah, that, that's what it would be. It would be, it would be a lot. I like it. Who is your favorite Phoenix Suns player that was not a starter? Was not a starter? Um, ever. Ever. Well, I'll just go. Oh, oh man. Oh. Leander Barbosa? Uh, yeah, of course. I think that's the go-to answer for people around our age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, my first year with the Suns was 0405. That was the first year I ever got into sports. Like, I was cognitive and, like, I was old enough to just watch sports. Right. And I lived in Arizona, and it was, like, perfect. That's fair. So, I'm spoiled. Last one. What is your secret Reddit account username? <laughs> Uh, it's not secret. Uh, Chris Hansen loves you. Oh. I don't post. That's my email address at Gmail. Um, I don't post much. Occasionally I do. Oh, interesting. Well, there's going to be yeah. a certain group of people that go on to Reddit and find you and see what you've commented and posted on now. I made, I made a Reddit post today. For the first really? Time. Yeah, for in a while. Yeah, I asked if anybody has ever been blocked by a NBA team. <laughs> I want to know. I love I, it. I Did want, anyone like, respond? Yeah, no one has been blocked. Was it on uh, the Reddit? NBA Reddit? Okay. Yeah. The, uh... One person said they made a. Someone said they made a Stephen Aisha like joke and got blocked by the Warriors. <laughs> which is weird. <laughs> Not a weird what joke. type of joke? Yeah. I don't know. Um, but that's all I got. All right, Chris Hansen, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for answering the rapid-fire questions. Very honestly, I appreciate you referencing your nudity, your secret Reddit account name, and your potential uh, law infractions if the Suns win a championship. Uh, Make sure everyone who's listening to this is already following you, but I feel like I should still promote your Twitter account. It's Chris Hansen, RCF. It's Chris with a K. Chris, what does the RCF stand for? Oh, I used to be a wedding videographer, and my company was called Red Carousel Films. Oh, you just um, kept it. And I, and I, well, that was what it was before, and then I, you know, I had to build, I was like building, like, you know, an audience slowly. And yeah, at this point I kept it. Um, I quit the business because weddings suck. <laughs> Fair. I still make, I still make videos, but weddings fucking suck. Everyone yeah. go follow Chris. I know you already do. Another person to follow. Sam, do you want to promote your Twitter account? Uh, yeah, sure, guys. <laughs> I've been nagged. It's brand new. It's, it's brand, brand new. new. I made a Twitter account because I was nagged about it for a while. Um, it's funny. I'm the youngest one here. I feel like I should be most on top of these sorts of things. But I will be using my Twitter account throughout the season. So uh, feel to feel free to follow me at S Cooper Hoops. Um, yeah, that's about it. Chris, 
thank you so much for coming on again now as the king of really you are the king of sun's twitter maybe the banished prince of sun's twitter now that you've been blocked but um for anyone listening out there make sure to follow him make sure to tweet out justice for chris hansen and uh hopefully we can get that trending as well did we just create a hashtag Chris, do you do you want how belligerent do you want us to get on the internet on your behalf? Is the question. I I appreciate all the support, so I'll take it. I want to get unblocked for it. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been yeah. really fun. I hope that we uh, have you back on throughout the season. I'm sure we will. We can talk about future games. Maybe when you get unblocked, we can have you on for a little while to celebrate. Yes. Thank you. Harden fouled by Ingram. Do they count it? No. They say the foul occurred before the gather. And he never put the ball back down. And I think another technical foul's been handed out. Now Ingram looks like he's confronting Jason Phillips. Well, the technical foul was on Ingram for shoving James Harden after that play. I'm not sure why, what happened. Ingram was usually pretty mild matter. It's hot now. Paul oh, punches a throw. Paul Rondo throwing punches. Ingram comes in. He's throwing punches. Security trying to separate. So are some of the teammates. There's going to be suspensions for this one as Rondo immediately heads back to the locker room. Ingram still joined. Carmelo Anthony still joined. That's when it gets dangerous, when it breaks out in a couple of different places. There's the initial foul. Hey, Tim Tompkins here from the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. So you just got done listening to the Timeline Podcast. Mike and Sam do a great job. I listen to every single episode. And if you're like me, you want even more Sun's content. So since you've wrapped up this episode of the Timeline, head on over and subscribe to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Chances are we have a new episode that you will enjoy. The Sun Solar Panel Podcast, available on iTunes, Google Play, and basically anywhere listen to podcasts sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin Hagler, and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series premiering sunday june 6th only on showtime mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from movement whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.